oozing sap, prickly branches, scaly bark. A monument to all that is good in the world. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I love to take walks, especially after a long day of desk work. My preferred venue for these walks are the boundless forests, fields, barrens, heaths, and coastlines of our rugged state, but in a pinch, a leisurely stroll down the road suffices. This also gives me a chance to catch up with my neighbors, the beaver that lives in the little pond across from our field, the mighty maple at the crest of the hill, the old camp adorned with an aged fin of a once-trophy swordfish. But on these strolls, I also walk by the homes of my human neighbors, and while I more often commune with the natural world than the human world, upon passing each of these human dwellings, I think fondly of their inhabitants. Last week, it was with a heavy heart that on one such walk, my thoughts drifted to a dear neighbor I learned had passed away, who I did not know nearly as well as I could have. As a naturalist, I have no answers about spirits and the afterlife, so I instead take solace in a cycle older than humanity and the feature of today's episode, nutrient cycling. Nearly all of the usable energy we receive on our planet comes ultimately from our sun in the form of solar radiation. This broadcast of light and life flows directly from the sun to our planet, day in, day out. The Earth does not, in turn, give any significant energy back to the sun. Instead, plants and other photosynthetic life absorb the sun and convert that solar energy into chemical energy, which is eventually eaten by other organisms who in turn get eaten by still other creatures. Every time the energy is transformed from one source to the next, some is lost. This perpetual loss of energy is called entropy and happens until energy is completely dissipated into an unusable form. On the other hand, nearly all the matter which forms the building blocks of life is of a set amount, and as such, it must cycle around our planet from geologic process to geologic process, or from organism to organism. In essence, this means that at one point in time, the matter that makes up the coffee you're drinking right now was probably a blade of grass, or a cow, or even a dinosaur. This process is intimately familiar to the organic farmer who spends their time worrying about composting food as much as they do about growing it. I find this nutrient cycling to be profoundly comforting because it is so tangible. I can sink my hands into a pile of well-rotted compost, feel the warmth, and apply it to a bed of carrots, and know that this year's carrots will grow from last year's scraps. This tangibility of nutrient cycling is starkly contrasted with the faith required from so many religious or spiritual explanations about what happens when a creature is done with its form. Nonetheless, nutrient cycling can sit in pleasant, unassuming company with any religion and pair a sense of concrete tangibility with the spiritual unknown. I know with definitive certainty that there is life after life. The trout that eats the mayfly will receive a portion of the mayfly's chemical energy and most of its matter to build beautiful muscle tone and brilliant colors, and so on. As I walk down my road and peer contemplatively through the dense forest, I see each spruce, cedar, and fir as a monument to life that once was. For deep in their trunks, within layer after layer of solid wood, are all of the organisms, ancestors, and loved ones that drew their last breath in that very spot beautiful life grown in the fertility of death. And someday I too will become a layer of wood in a mighty tree, or the delicate flower of an orchid, or the lacy frond of a fern. So the next time you're outside, 
you could consider all the past lives that have made the beauty of your community's ecosystem possible, from the school board to the local conservation organization to the many non-human species among us. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to the show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology.